Yo, 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 what is good, everybody? We're just standing here dancing around to the theme song <laughs> instead of getting this damn thing started because dancing is fun and you should do it to relieve your souls if you're a little stressed. Straight up. I am Ben Jammin. This is Mount Draftmore, the core four back in the building again for another draft. And I am surrounded by Dustin. Woo-woo. Dylan. Hi. Matt. Hello. And today we are drafting live action 2,000 shows you know, we, we're making our way. We've done 90s live action shows. We're getting into the 2000s. Who knows? Maybe we'll jump back to the 80s or what? whatever. 2000 shows we're today. We're doing it. <laughs> we're taking a step back. Little nostalgia, but also they're still played back. You can yeah. still, like, people yeah. still stream these shows. Yeah. So that's the plan for the day. You know, normally we start with an intro, but we're boycotting the intro for once. Well, mm. change up. Yeah. We're just going to get right into this jam. We want to start drafting 2,000 shows. Let's get in. Oh, wait. Nope. Let's not get into it. Let's not do that because I need to tell you what the draft order is first. <laughs> Dylan, for the third draft in a row. Hot hand. Is the first pick. The hottest hand. He hasn't won one of them yet, but this might be the one. You better go got, buy like a lotto ticket or something. I got the spiritual W. If you take my pick, like out of all the ones, too, because I don't <laughs> think this is an like, obvious number one. I'll be devastated. That wound from the last episode will be reopened. I can tell you exactly. The PlayStation what One. Play. Sorry. Yeah, I'm nervous, but hey, hot hands. You roll the dice. Call me can opener because I open that can. Of worms. <laughs> Damn. Damn. To quote Matt, wasn't it, what was it? Abide by the die. Abide by the die. I, I need to hire you as like marketing. You come up with them. Mm-hmm. Abide mm-hmm. by the die. Right on. Right on. Dustin rolled a 25, and I rolled a 25. If you will flash back to last week, we both rolled 25s and made a gentleman's agreement. Good old-fashioned roll. If he gave me that first that, that spot ahead of him, then in the next draft, if I got a spot ahead of him, he could take that spot. Well, we both rolled 25s again. Again, I don't know the statistics of this. If you're a math dweeb, I mean fan, math fan, let us know what the chances are on a 30-sided dice. Two of us rolling 25 in our first roll and then the next week, both of us rolling 25 again in our first roll. Doesn't make sense. Shit is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Anyways, crazy. Dustin is number two. I am number three. And Matt rolled a one. Again. So for the third straight week, he is the fourth pick. <laughs> hey, you know. Dude, that fourth seat is your seat. It is. It really is. It is. You own it, brother. Straight up. I'm I'm the, uh, the what, what it, is Lincoln the fourth out of the four on, on Rushmore? If you're like, yeah, because you got... Teddy's like squeezed in the corner there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Lincoln. You got wedged okay, in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm honest, Abe. <laughs> I love that he made himself Lincoln, and then yeah. we have to decipher which of us are the racists. Yeah, right? Like, oh, great. Man. Here we go. Uh, All right. Well, anyways, round one. Dylan, we're starting with you. Round one. Okay, for my first round pick, this is pretty easy for me. I'm going to pick perhaps the most, actually, it is the most important show of the 2000s. Why? Multiple reasons. Part of it is legacy. Part of it is like character development. I'm talking about the Sopranos. <laughs> That's a good pick. That that was yeah. an obvious first. I knew yeah. he was going to pick that first. He just talked about He's how just he just talking watched about it. it. Yeah. I just it's fresh watched it. In your mind. So it's fresh in my mind, and it, it really is that good. People talk about it being that good. It is that good. Um, watching James Gandolfini, and for that matter, like every other actor on the show, but especially him. Dude, that guy can go through every stage of emotion in a single scene. It's insane. I've never seen anything like it in any other TV, period. Like, 
that guy was so talented in that particular role. Uh, it, and it, it was insane. Like watching him get angry and then cry. Holy moly. Like it, you feel tense watching him and yet you, you can't like turn your eyes away. Mm-hmm. So this show is really important. Tony Soprano, for those who don't know, is a ma- mafia boss uh, who's suffering from panic attacks at the beginning of the show. So he goes to see a therapist. That's kind of like the hook, right? And so you're watching this guy, Tony Soprano, struggle essentially what I think is the theme of the show um, with essentially being unhappy with his life. Right. But kind of coming to terms with the fact that like, well, this is this is the way I'm going to achieve the American dream. It's not going to happen any other way. Uh, This show kicked off a series um, of dramas in HBO and like pretty much every other place. We'll talk about this later, but like it kickstart kickstarted um, people taking serialized drama that focuses on character development across multiple seasons. um, Seriously. Uh, So yeah, the Sopranos uh, just insane, insane show. It's gotta be first pick. Um, Yeah. Right off the gates. That's my pick. Well, you know, the mark of a good show too, is when you can, root for certain characters and absolutely loathe other characters. Like you, you love to hate AJ Soprano. He's an absolute, like just terrible kid who is constantly, he's like, I hate my, my family and my life. And so he grows up privileged and it's just like this whole big old thing with him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Christopher, such a tragic character. Yes. Absolutely. He tries to get on the straight and narrow several different times. Yep. And then like, Spoiler alert, when Tony has to kill him after the car crash. I oh, mean, yeah. oh my gosh. Polly Walnuts, classic, hilarious. Um, Adrian, oh my God, poor Adrian. And that, God, she, uh, she's, yeah, she's such a tragic character. It's sad. Um, yeah, front to back, that's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful amount of writing and production and acting that goes into that series. Mm-hmm. Question for you at the end, is everybody dead? No. Okay. No, absolutely not. Okay. Um, yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm not here to spoil it for people. I don't want to overhype the show. Just go watch it. It's good. You won't be disappointed. It is solid. So, yeah. yeah. That is a solid first round pick. Respectable. Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so with my pick, I'll preface it. I want to try not to be too long with this preface, but I might take heat. It might come at me in the comments. I might take flack for this from this table. And I might even lose the vote. But sometimes you can't sleep at night if you let something go by and one of y'all are going to pick it up in a later round. Matt, you've done it to me several times and only respect because uh, you steal stuff from me. It's happened before. And this is a cult classic. It might not be usually in people's top four for like the entire ratings, but this is a very underrated three-year show arrested development oh this, damn it okay arrested development i kid you not you need to watch those first three seasons to they're the only ones to watch uh, yes and the reason why it's a 2000 show is because it's a reboot so it might say like 2003 to 2006 and then like 2013 to or i think it was a little bit later than that they're two separate series they switch up the format later. So much time has passed. I don't even it's know. Not if it's the, the same, same dynamic. Yeah, a lot of the actors same. aren't even in the same place. The first three, though, if you watch the CNN shows of the two thousands, there is one writer from the Boston Globe who put it perfectly, and I've quoted it several times since. 
This show was firing off on all cylinders from the get-go. The writers didn't assume the intelligence of the audience. They didn't dumb things down. They went with it. There were so many jokes embedded in that, and there were so many jokes in a really interesting time. A bunch of historians here at the table, 2003 to 2006. They're talking about stuff with the Iraq War. Mm -hmm. There's so many. The show did a really good job, and I think it's one of this example that writers can look to today of these interweaving plot lines that are coming together beautifully. Characterization, hilarious. The acting, fantastic. When I say cult classic, I kid you not, my sister had audio clips on her iPod. Flashback to the iPod days. 10-second ones, just of Baby Buster or you know Gob. Job. Job. Yeah, Gosh. like just these little clips, right? This show, I cannot. I don't even know what to say about it. Like, honestly, hilarious. I've shown it to several people 10 years, 15 years after. It holds up really well. It's funny as fuck. There's just no other way to say it. It's like the funniest show that was on TV in the 2000s. I was going to really not be able to sleep at night if one of y'all stole that from me. And you know how passionate I now am about Arrested Development. That would have been my second pick. That's a great show. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Good the job. The Bluths, man. The Bluths. Yes. There's always uh. money in the banana stand, y'all. <laughs> yes. There's literally money in the banana stand. <laughs> it's such a quotable show. Oh, uh, uh. yeah. Yes, <laughs> I cannot. It's so good. Okay. Oh no, I've I can breathe easy now. Oh, shit, falling into a trap here because mm. now oh. I'm starting to uh -oh. second guess things because I'm like, oh no, am I confusing best shows with iconic shows? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. Because just yep, because yep, yep. a show is an icon doesn't necessarily mean it's the best. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like thinking, oh, I've got some real heavy hitter icons, but do I think it's like a good show? Fuck no. So do I pick it? These are problems. Existential This, is, this comes down right to your draft philosophy. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Maybe if that's your whole draft team, then yeah. Like Some of us have done originals before mm -hmm. in that thinking of icons, and other times it's best. Like, it's hard. Because I guess yeah. technically we're naming the episode best, right? So Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. the best live action shows of... And then it's also like live action. Does that mean... We didn't even discuss this. Like, what about reality shows? Yeah. That's a live, oh, that's like, a good that's point. live action. It counts, yeah. As I long as it it's not animated. As I long as it's not yeah. animated, oh yeah. Oh, God, fuck. <laughs> if you want to strike me down, you can. I'll try and reason it the best I can. But I really think if we're talking about the best 2000s shows, I actually, like, Arrested Development's great. The three seasons are awesome, but from a completely different perspective, like Survivor. Damn. <laughs> that show is the show of the 2000s. I don't Iconic. think there's a, I don't think there's another show. Yeah, it's still going today, but the reason I would reason the reason I would say it's a 2000s show is because the structure, the gameplay, it's the same. It's like if you were to think of Jeopardy as a game show, you don't think of it as a modern game show. You think of it as an old like 70s, 80s game show that's just carried on through now. Yeah. Just that older type. Survivor is a 2000s reality, mm -hmm. like quote unquote survival show. Other, other shows have tried to do what Survivor has done and they can't do it. They're like 30 plus seasons deep. They go hard. They've been all over the world. Who has not watched Survivor and thought, I think I might be able to do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, I the more I watch Survivor now in my older age after playing fantasy football 
and doing these drafts, the more I'm like, I could fucking win that shit. <laughs> Not only could I do it, I could win that shit. But Survivor is dope. Well, especially those early seasons. Like, you got... Like, Survivor now is not the same as it was. It's just been, I think it's outlived its its time. Like, it, it's no longer the same because it, it's just kind of replaying the same things over and over and over, you know? But back then, I mean, you have actual casts of characters. Like, the first guy that wins it, what's his name? Uh, Richard? Yeah, dude, Richard, he's all naked yeah. and shit. <laughs> you got guys like Boston Rob, you got Rupert. Like Rupert was a G. Uh, Colby, Colby's doing shit nowadays. Second winner. Yeah, like... Elizabeth Hasselbeck was on the mm -hmm. second season, and that was before she was a Hasselbeck. Wow, really? Yes. Oh, that's like where she came from. Wow. And, and I was and watching I, like, ooh, and I remember watching that. Matt. That was two thousand. I was in the sixth grade, and I remember watching that, thinking, "Damn, that girl's cute." And now I'm just like, "Damn, I thought that girl was cute. What's wrong with me?" Well, also in like, <laughs> which is crazy. And back in the early Survivors, they were doing stuff that you definitely can't do now, which was like Jeff would be like bargaining like. Oreos and crap for like oh, survivors yeah. to get like naked and stuff. It's like, oh dude, my god, you can't Whoa. do that now. Scandalous. Yeah. So it was like edgy. It was like you really. This is pre like, what's his what's his nuts now? Like Steve, reality Steve or whatever the guy who knows all the endings to all a bunch of reality shows and whatnot. He's like a spoil internet spoiler. Was it like a YouTuber or something? Something like that. But this is pre that. Like you don't know who's gonna end. Like Johnny Fairplay. Johnny, Johnny Fairplay, fair play. That, that guy. Dude. Wow. Yeah, he was a he was a little fucking troll. He was so good. He though. Got, he was so good at the game. <laughs> he was so good at manipulating. My mom. My mom. Survivor. It's like Arrested Development, in Sopranos, all character based. Survivor, in a weird way, as a reality show, was still very like character based. Oh, yeah. And Survivor really capitalized on that too within this decade because they'd have like the fan favorite. Once where it's like they did survival all stars, all -stars. Yeah. and then oh you fans get to vote two people back who didn't win, and then we're gonna bring back five winners and five second placers. Like dude, well and they were doing stuff too, like Chef's Kiss. Now great <laughs> reality TV. With well, now with Survivor, they're doing it like it's like all right, we get it. They're stranded on an island, but back then they did ones in the Amazon, they did ones in Fiji, they did ones in uh like the Savannah, Australia, yeah, like the crazy Outback, shit, the Cook Islands, all this stuff, and you're like, oh, where are they gonna be now? Like, yeah, I love that. That's a I I I was worried. I was like, song. if I don't pick Survivor, Matt's gonna Dude, pick it, and song. then I'm gonna have to be like, That's no way. Dude, funny moment. One of my students the other day, um, you know, asked us a question like, "What TV shows are you watching now?" And another student was like, "I'm watching this weird show called Survivor on Netflix." <laughs> weird show, <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like, holy shit! Like you, I. It's weird that some people might not have heard of it because it's like it's absolutely iconic. It is, and. Good TV. Dude, and I still I mean, watch it. I mean, you know, like, those college kids that are watching, like, some pop cultural things from five decades ago they didn't live through, and they're like, whoa, look at this, like, weird kind of, like, absurd, campy thing that was on TV, like, in <laughs> 40, 50 years. Like, it's going to be kind of funny. College kids being like, I rented this thing, like, Survivor, back from the 2000s. Like, I don't know. That's just a side tangent. It was always so <laughs> funny, too, when they did, like, the gross challenges of, like, you gotta eat cow testicles, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, is he gonna eat it? Oh my god!" They're like, "Fuck community, yeah, fuck it." If you want to vote me off, vote me off. I'm not eating no cow testicles, <laughs> dude. I'll eat that shit. 
Give me that shit. Give me some seasoning. Yeah, a million dollars? <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Give that shit. I, I don't even need seasoning. I will eat I'll almost, gobble those yeah. balls. I'll eat, <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat almost anything for a million dollars. Almost. Very nearly. That's funny. Matt, mm. it is your pick. Mm. Goblin balls. So when I think about <laughs> 2000 shows, I also think about a time period in which, quite frankly, all the endings, this is when writers are trying to be real cute. And they're trying to really outthink you, and they're trying to keep you twisting and turning. Oh, yeah. And what was one of the best shows at doing that? Lost. Mm. Lost is the quintessential <laughs> 2000 show. J.J. Abrams kills it in this show. Do you see? Talk about character development. Trying to figure out what the hell's going on in Lost was a weekly occurrence. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. And that's on top of like Sawyer, one of the best TV characters ever. You talk about like how they intertwine. Him as like a con man who witnesses his parents getting conned. And then that guy ends up on the island too. The guy who conned his parents into like killing, like his dad killed his mom. It's like this whole big old thing. But Jack, uh, you've got, uh, I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Evangeline Lilly plays her, the character in, in Lost. But she does a phenomenal job too as like, uh, she's got a complicated backstory as well of being like on the on the run, but she didn't do anything yet. Uh, Hugo, who's who, like the, it's about the numbers, man. The numbers. What do the numbers mean? Uh, and you got all sorts of like the Dharma Project and the like twist and turn time. This was one of those shows where it's like really like, his, at times you struggled to follow along what was going on, but every you kept coming back because you're like, what is going on? I don't know, dude. It was the water cooler show. It was. It yeah. was the show that you talked about because it would come out and then the next day you'd be talking about it like, did you see Lost last night? And then obviously they they definitely. The ending was terrible. Epically. But again, this is what I mean by two, this was the the hallmark of a lot of 2000s like drama series was them trying to like really nail the landing and then it's just a swing and a miss <laughs> because they outthink it. Dude, but, but that that almost made loss big as well. Yeah. Just like having that shitty ending like holy fuck, they didn't stick that at all. No, but it was a phenomenal show and you can still watch it back to this day. Uh, I mean, just don't worry about like the last episode, you know. Not a big deal, but I mean, between Charlie and Jack and Sawyer and oh, Kate, that was her name, Kate. Uh, Saeed, who's like an ex Iraqi, like commando, they had like, and then like they got uh, the guy's name is Ben on there, and he's been on the island. You got the group of like people who live on the island, the whispers in the jungle, what's in the hatch, you know, like. What's in the box? What? Oh, I'm sorry. What's in the hatch? <laughs> yeah. And then they got like, yeah, it's just, were they dead all along? I don't know. Dude, right? this is how good loss was. Even though, I mean, it was done by the time I was like in the middle of my college years, but there was a period where all my friends started watching it and disappeared. Like one of my buddies who I lived with, I didn't see him for over a week because he was binging lost. He was just in his bedroom. I didn't see him. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I swear I did not see him that whole time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like off on my own, not binging. I've got to go back and watch it. I, I, I binge watched it when I was in college. And it's definitely one of those shows where you're like, you'll start watching like say in the afternoon and then you'll, you'll step away and you're like, Oh my God, it's like 11 o'clock at night. How did I end up here? <laughs> I've been trying to figure out what's in the damn hatch for five hours. <laughs> like that was the beauty of that show though. It just, it kept you coming back because it was frustrating and you wanted to know what was going on. So a good 2000 show nice nice and that wraps up the first round which yes, sir. we're just sticking with you boss give me the facts 
It's time for some map facts. What you got for us? So thinking about 2000 shows and you're thinking about really iconic shows, one of those shows is The Office for sure. It's definitely a show that has its supporters. It has its detractors. It is definitely a show that has not aged well. Um, We'll probably talk about that a little bit later on about 2000s humor and kind of what that means longevity wise. But thinking about The Office, you can talk to anybody, any of our students now, they're streaming The Office. Yep. It's a classic go-to. It's a Netflix go-to. But here's the trick that it's no longer on Netflix because NBC, it's an NBC property, and they launched their own platform called Peacock. So the question for you today is how much was the Netflix, uh, the NBC deal to reacquire the rights to The Office away from Netflix? How much money was The Office worth to NBC Universal? Did you say the original number? No, this is the recent, like, they reacquired it. Okay. Because Netflix had the rights for it for, ooh, must have been like over a decade, really. Yeah. But they just recently reacquired it to put it on Peacock. How much did they pay? $450 million. $450 million. Whoa. That sounds like a lot of money. <laughs> now that I said that out loud. <laughs> That's a, that sounds like Sorry, a lot. I had like I had my guess like on the tip of my tongue, and now I'm like light years away from you. I was you. just thinking about Friends. Remember we talked about Friends? Mm-hmm. That shit was insane. And the a Office. Lot of money. How much was that one for? I don't remember. It was expensive. But see, we were talking back then. We were talking relative to Seinfeld's. Like what what Friends sold for relative to Seinfeld was crazy. Wow. Like especially after your take on how significant Seinfeld was mm-hmm. for like the ethos of television like friends was just so much was va- was seen as so so much more of a valued commodity in terms even of, though it's such a knockoff of it i said it you I'm think sorry. friends is a knockoff of seinfeld i feel like friends is the watered down garbage version of seinfeld yes i said it wow yep call back wow i said it yeah. it's surface level it's I, no i i didn't i wouldn't even put them on the same category because I feel like Seinfeld is actually has actually some kind of like intellectual tinge to it, whereas Friends is like so laugh track based. Yep. Like I don't even think of them as the same type of show. Mm-hmm. So like to hear you compare them like that is like what? That's like yeah. comparing Crash Bandicoot and Metal Gear Solid. It's like they're not even the same. I mean, yeah, Friends based in New York, all the kind of comedy. I mean, Seinfeld started to influence other sitcoms who go off like stage, off the production sets, out into the streets, that kind of stuff. But I've heard other people make that comparison, and I'm just like, uh, uh-uh, don't come at me with that. Th- I see how the, about the comparison because they happened around the same time, but I I would argue that they're pretty separate. Matt is looking over there like, what the fuck? This is not the question. What is? I left off at 450 million. Then <laughs> <laughs> you go next. No, you I went, won last you time. You went last. I know, and I won last time, so I but go you last. Always go last. I know it's I manipulated. Yeah, you were Price waiting. I'll say, I'll say two. Two hundred and fifty million. Two hundred and fifty. Okay, now I can comfortably <laughs> go right in the middle. Three hundred and twenty-five million. Damn you, mm, Dylan takes it. It's oh! actually five hundred million. Wow, holy they shit! Pay, it's a five-year deal, hundred million per per year. Dude, so, well, NBC. That's crazy. Can you imagine that? NBC shelled out half a billion dollars for the Office for five wow. years. For of five it. years worth of the Office. Wow, that's crazy. Just because it's such a streaming giant. Yeah. Like, and you can again. It doesn't matter what. You know, like what age, whether it be middle school, high school, college, kids stream The Office mm-hmm. basically they nonstop. Do. And it's had a rebirth because of, again, a lot of meme culture. But yeah, oh, pretty yeah. crazy, right? 
Super crazy. Good Matt fact, Matt. Thank you. Thank well, you. it's still in your court. Round two. All right. Okay. So I'm thinking about the 2000s. I'm thinking about, again, diversifying my lineup here. So I went with a drama that's kind of got a little bit of sci-fi to it. Uh, I'm going to go in a different direction for the second pick, and I'm actually going to go with a more kind of a... It's still kind of a drama in some respects, but it's also mm, kind of a uh, a little bit more of a small town type of vibe. I'm going to go with Friday Night Lights. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights. Again, one of those shows that's, that's really iconic when you're talking about 2000s. It's all about... What's going on in a small town, I believe it's Denton, Texas, right? About how big high school football is and how that all encompasses the entire town. It you have all kind of revolving cast of characters. You got uh the the like the the star quarterback, he like becomes paralyzed and it's like he's wheelchair and you have to like follow him like coming to grips with that. The coach who's got nothing but life lessons for all the kids, his wife is like the administrator at the school and they're trying to help kids stay on track. Because, again, it's the classic thing like teenagers trying to figure out their way in life of, like, they have all these wild parties and doing drugs and stuff like that. You got the backup quarterback who's now the starting quarterback, and he's just, like, trying to figure himself out. The star running back who's, like, way too cocky. Um, And then you have just the whole town that's, like, pumping these kids up to be more than just kids. They're making them into be, like, these gods. And and there's so much pressure you got people like working at like the the guy who owns the local car dealership is like a booster, and it's nothing about reliving the glory days. And he has his own compli- complicated relationship with like his family, and his daughter goes to school, and all this stuff. But anyway, Friday Night Lights, it, just to sum it up, it's a good watch. Uh, again, you kind of you find yourself in a position where you're rooting for the characters, especially some of the ones who just seemingly can't do the right thing, and they try over and over and over again, they just can't get it right. Um, and it was a is a big staple. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Friday Night Lights. There you go. Good show. Love it. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Ooh, ooh. One ooh, of ooh. my favorite albums is uh, called Full Eyes, Clear Heart, and I guess I know where the artist got it from now. Yeah, Coach Coach Taylor. That's wild. <laughs> oh, crap, it's my pick. <laughs> Damn it, it's my pick, and I don't know what to pick. I feel like a lot of people who are listening right now should are probably thinking like he needs to pick the office. The fact that the office is still on the board is is like a travesty. And I worry like if I don't pick it, Dustin will probably pick it. And arrested development in the office is a pretty hard lineup to to not win with. But I don't fucking like the office. I didn't like it when it was on. I don't like to rewatch it. I think that show sucks. It's so cringy and I don't like that type of comedy. So I refuse to put that on my team. If I want good comedy, the best comedy out of the decade is Chappelle's show. It's yes. the best comedy, period. There's no Key and Peele without Chappelle's show. There's no, like, ske- the type of sketch comedy that Chappelle did was not done before he did it. He pushed the boundaries of what you could put on TV, what was considered <laughs> acceptable, and he did a lot of shit that was <laughs> not acceptable, Yes, but still amazing. Like, in... <laughs> His social commentary on everything is super poignant back then. It is now. The fact that Netflix tried to release the series, Dave came forward and was like, I basically got fucked with that. I don't want you to like basically put that on there, especially since they were paying Dave at the time. And they were like, okay, 
and they pulled it off until he got paid for it. And now it's on there, and you can watch it. Go and watch Chappelle show. I'm rich, bitch. It's so funny. <laughs> so many quotable yes. moments. What did the five fingers say to the face? Slap, slap. <laughs> I'm Rick James, bitch. Y'all got some crack? Unity. Yeah. <laughs> Peanut butter and crack sandwich. Well, the whole time you were talking, I'm kind of like, once again, I'm like, this is why I picked Arrested Development, because I had Chappelle show. And I literally was like, yep, I'm going to get it, because I know Ben's going to get it. I just need to get past him right now. And when you mentioned the eating, the testicles and all that stuff, Tyrone Biggums, he's like, mm. oh, thank you, Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I took some more. Ooh, a free meal. God, this show is Absurd. so funny. And also, like, when I was in middle school up until high school, I mean, that was like, that changed lots of middle schoolers' lives. Like, there were so many, like, skits that they would just constantly be quoting, and it was like, if you weren't in on the joke, like you were being judged hard. It was like <laughs> you're not cool if you don't oh, know what's that, being that, talked that's about. That's old like, school Comedy Central. That's before. Yeah. That's that's like good Comedy Central. Like before Comedy Central is what it is nowadays. That's like original Daily Show. They had the Comedy Central yeah. presents like all those actual comedy specials. Oh, that's yeah. when Comedy Central was great. Yeah, Crank Yankers. Crank Yankers, yeah. Dude, and the Colbert Report. I appreciated the Colbert Report. Mm -hmm. I, I love that, that people actually thought that like he was serious. Yeah. Right? yeah, like, yeah that was yeah. like, that was really him. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Oh, man. But yeah, the Chappelle show, it's so funny too because I think uh, Marjorie was telling me that like he was kind of salty about the Key and Peele thing. But part of me is like, I don't really know that, like I know the comparison, like Chappelle had to happen for Key and Peele to happen. But part of me is thinking about like sketch comedy like they're so come different. on like we yeah, yeah. they're so different they're so different and we should also as a society have more room for more than just one black sketch comedy show like they are so Amen. different in their comedy styles like it's hard to, it's a hard comparison past their sketch comedy shows that happen to have black men as the writers and producers and stars in the show but yeah are you all staring at me like <laughs> no i'm just trying to yeah. just i'm yeah. just trying to decipher what you're saying Oh, I'm not, what I'm, I'm saying is I think it's unfair for people to say, like, they put all this energy into, like, which one's better? Like, Key and Peele is just a ripoff of Chappelle show, but I'm like, their comedies are so different. And it's like, y'all are putting all this energy when it's like, SNL is a sketch comedy show. There's other people that have tried that same type of comedy. Like, y'all are putting too much pressure on these two being compared and there only being, like, room for one when Chappelle show obviously is done. Like, let Key and Peele have their turn. Yeah, no, yeah, they're not competing. It's more just like that idea of like Comedy Central takes a chance with Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. Chappelle is as successful as successful as it is because like Dave Chappelle does things in Chappelle Show that Saturday Night Live would never do. Yep. Mm -hmm. Even oh, twenty yeah. years after Dave Chappelle does oh, it, yeah, they would oh, yeah. still never do it. But Dave Chappelle being able to push that boundary makes Comedy Central comfortable and think like, okay, we can actually like. Yep do this kind of content. So then fast forward, however many years it is, Key and Peele comes on. They have no, yep. no like hesitation. Just like, yep, we're putting you on. Like you have full control of this. Like we learned like, cause they, the network obviously learned from Dave Chappelle, ex from their experience with Dave Chappelle, how to actually like foster a creative environment for them to keep like creating content for them. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. agree. I'm just saying I've heard those, that energy out there, people put a lot of pressure and critiques on like comparing the two. When I'm like, I'm not comparing them. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah, Ben's not comparing yeah, them. No. Y'all are like, <laughs> I think, I think, um, like, follow me, y'all. Here's, 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 no, <laughs> here's what needs to be said Comedy Central did Dave Chappelle dirty. 
so dirty. Mm-hmm. Real fucking dirty, especially putting on those episodes that hadn't been completed yet after he dis- after he le- like left like without his approval. That's fucking that is horse shit and like that is just, just to this day that's still a shitty move. Like I don't mm-hmm. know, people should know about that. If you don't know about that, you should know about it. Comedy Central did Dave Chappelle dirty. Yeah. Yeah, but rant. Netflix made sure Dave Chappelle got recouped for mm. getting done dirty <laughs> yeah because some of those skits in that third season are actually really fucking funny oh of course oh like, yeah like pimps time traveling oh yeah <laughs> that shit's hilarious um, yeah Maybe. dude reach for the sky honky john Mayer like got one of his big breaks on that show too i forgot about that I think oh, it was he like had like season uh, he had like early kanye and common and and you know, Talib yeah, Kweli, like so much Most traffic. Traffic. Everybody, was everybody was on it. Yep, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Such a good show. And Wayne Brady, man. <laughs> Wayne Brady got <laughs> yeah, to choke, choke a bitch. <laughs> man, Chappelle show. Yeah, good pick. Better good wrap pick. it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> better wrap it up. <laughs> better wrap that shit up, B. Yes. All right. Well, at least I'm feeling good about my first round pick because nothing's safe on the Mount Draftmore podcast. Y'all be stealing some good ones, but. Only respect, because Chappelle Show is a great show. I am going to just take the show that's been on the board for too long, and I'm going to defend it because, not just because of its iconicness and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I'm taking The Office. I will give it credit. So the first season isn't the best because it's just modeling so heavily after the British show. And the British show with Ricky Gervais, only one season, was pretty good. I mean, Ricky Gervais's comedy definitely fits into that. It's funny that it's dated, which it is. It's just one of these things that comedy has kind of gotten itself into and at that time was extremely prevalent. Like cringe comedy is still a thing. I think people do a better job of like walking the line and thinking about like who's telling the story, who's telling the joke, thinking about like who is the butt of the joke, like who is the joke laughing at. People have gotten a lot better and I think that's good. But yo, the 2000s was a cringe time. Oh, yeah. There are so, <laughs> so many crazy. jokes in that show like, that are like, ooh. Yo, like, ooh. so many of the shows that have already been mentioned, like, we we watch it. There are going to be some parts where, like, ooh, a little dated. Like, mm-hmm. But the show does hit its stride. So if I'm thinking about the years right, it debuted in 2005. It starts to have its own character that's divergent from the British show. And then it goes up into about 2013, right? About yeah. 2014. But Steve Carell's not on for, like, the last what three yes. seasons and what i would say is it's really in its stride in like the towards the end of the second the third is like i reached watched the series the third one when i was enjoying it the most so that would have been about 2008 so it is like prime it's comedy the writers were hitting their stride towards the end of the 2000s but still squarely within that decade and i will say like you're all talking about like it is iconic People are like making the podcast, right? The office ladies with um, the person who played Pam and the person who played Angela, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, people are still listening to that ish. Um, it led to, which can't count in this category because of the time, but it did lead into what I believe is the better show and what I like a lot yeah, more. Yeah, treat yourself. Yeah, Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. but yes. with that mockumentary style without a laugh track too, which is great. Like Office did not have a laugh track. A lot of people move in that direction. So does Parks Dude, and Rec. We don't need a laugh track to know when to laugh. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, like Dwight Schrute, that actor yeah, is from do. this area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's a long laugh track. 
<laughs> just it keeps going. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like slowly tapers off in a very awkward fashion. <laughs> yeah. <too>. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight Schrute is a great character. The actors from here. They Rain have Wilson, some, yep. Yeah, and they have some pretty like iconic scenes like that stand alone as as pretty funny, like some prank scenes. I think yeah, I think in the two thousand tens, for me personally, is where the office starts to go downhill because they're really focused on that Jim and Pam relationship. And it's like once they're together, it becomes really sentimental in a way that like, unless you're fully on board, you're in love with the characters, then you're like, Oh yeah. Well, and they, they do like the weird thing where like they're having marriage issues and it's like, yeah, I thought the whole point that it's like a match made in heaven and like star crossed lovers, this kind of thing. And then they're like debating on where's our future and all this stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's not the point of the office though. Yeah. Why getting so deep? Luckily for this category, if I'm thinking about the two thousands, just as like, this is a little bit less true because Arrested Development, it was more of a reboot, and this was a continuation of the series. But thinking about its prime definitely left a mark on television. It's a it's a style that's gone to a bunch. I mean, not just yeah. in Parks and Rec, but it's a constant <laughs> kind of cut-to style. Modern Family. Well, modern one. Family. A little bit of breaking the fourth wall. Yep, yeah, yep. exactly. You know who does a great breaking the fourth wall allusion to The Office and all this style? Big Mouth. Shout out Big Mouth. Woo-hoo. Dude, yes. You, you know the scene I'm talking about with Coach Steve? It's like these cut to narratives are a crutch, but geez, they really <laughs> get to the story. And it's like, yes. Like, oh, man, so good. But yeah, The Office is a classic. I felt like with looking at who's picking when and all that kind of stuff, I don't think I could let it go for one more round. It's going to get nabbed eventually in a 16 teams. 16 shows are going to get picked. So yeah, going with it. Dylan, good pick. It's on to you. Yeah, I'm torn. Uh, I don't really have a pers- comedy per se anymore that I'd like to go with after losing The Office and Arrested Development. Those were like the comedies I wanted. So, Dan, he didn't want Chappelle's show. For well, I had Chappelle's show on here too, and Chappelle's that's gone show. too. So Ow! There's three comedies <laughs> that are gone. Um, there's others, but I just don't want them. Like those would be the three. So uh, I'm going in a different direction, and I'm going to go with. Something that's sort of like reality, but not really jackass. <laughs> Is there ice kayaking? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> there <one>. might be. <laughs> they had they fucking kayak down a concrete, like concrete oh stairs God, and shit. Yes. Danger, oh dude, or like when they get in the uh, the grocery carts and they're just like smashing into each other. Um, one of my favorites is it. This is. Uh, it's like when they go into a toilet store and they use the toilets. Holy yep. shit! Or they just like pop out of someone's trunk. <laughs> who was it? Who? I'd scare it the would, shit it out of people. Pre- Preston it, would have like Wee Man. Yeah, and Wee Man or would Pontius come out would be in there too. He's like be running him. away. Yeah, but who was the guy who would always like? He was like the on-demand pooper. It wasn't Danger Aaron, but there was another guy. You know which guy I'm talking about? The guy he, like. Him and Danger Aaron did like stuff all the time. Are you sure it wasn't Danger Aaron? It was not Danger Aaron. It was like another guy on Jackass who was like the on-demand pooper. What a role to play in life. But these guys were crazy. And this is in the movie, granted, but they did crazy shit like this in the show, too, where Ryan Dunn shows up to the doctor's office. Yeah, with the car in his ass. They take the x-ray and they're like, hmm. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you see the car up his ass? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Holy fuck. These guys were insane. Uh, Keith, unfortunately formative part of my childhood (laughs) yeah i remember like 
all my friends wa- and I watched it. You know, we were like the edgy kids because we watched Jackass <laughs> and like other kids weren't allowed to watch it. It was on fucking MTV. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you'd be on the phone with like multiple people being like, you see that shit on Jackass? Steve-O, uh, man. Yeah. Icon. Steve-O. And dude, Steve-O today, he's legit. He cleaned up Bam Margera's yeah, a sober, sad man. mess. I feel bad for that guy. But like Steve-O, dude, he... He's on the straight and narrow now. Yeah. Bam Margera was the one who started it all. They took all of the ideas from Camp Kill Yourself and they turned it into Jackass. Oh, yeah. Well, but there were two different teams. There was like the East Coast team and the West Coast team. Because the other team had Johnny Knoxville on it, from my understanding. Is that... No, there were two teams, but gotcha. before like the teams established, like there was there was CKY first, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's where Bam Margera and uh, Ryan Dunn, like mm-hmm. those guys, come from. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny Knoxville meets up with them, and he's like, "Yo, y'all are crazy. We should do like a lesser version of this," because <laughs> like Camp Kill Yourself was crazy. Like they were doing shit that you couldn't put on TV, like right. like. What's his name? Rab himself just like running around butt ass naked peeing on electric fences. It's <laughs> like, oh my dick! Oh! <laughs> uh, dude, but then. I mean, ja- even that title, sorry. Uh, 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 Jackass like spawns uh, Bam Margera's show, right? Yeah. Viva La Bam. Viva, yeah. Viva La Bam, Bam, which was pretty epic too. Don the Vito. He, dude, now he's that fucking nasty. Nasty ass guy. I dude. loved watching him, but he was gross and so gross. Turned out to be a. Uh, I guess a pedophile. Oh, the uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. on-demand pooper was uh, Dave England. There we Dave, go. Dave England. He was the on-demand yes. pooper, dude. And it also sh- it spawned uh, the the show with um, uh, Pontius and Steve-O. Wild Boys. Wild, Wild Boys, boys. Mm-hmm. dude. So Jackass was super influential. Dude, it was... Manny, Manny was the man. Manny was the man. Manny was the man. He was man. like. He was a the badass. sexy Steve Irwin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> no that's right. No fear at I all. I forgot about yeah, that. Dude, Manny was a beast. He never had a shirt on. No. He just wore a leather vest. Yep. He's it. like, look at me get this shark. <laughs> He'd be like, Steve-O, I have this baby crocodile. Want me to put it on your nipple? Okay. <laughs> and like, he'd get all bit up and stuff and be like, oh, there yep. you go. He's like, chill. It's all good. So if, I wonder how they teamed up because I saw Manny on like the Discovery Channel and, uh, you know, because Discovery Channel used to be good. And then I saw him later on Jackass. I was like, "Holy, like!" Well, I mean, fuck. it was. It, they probably were always going to find a, a, an animal expert of some kind. Yeah, I guess so. Right. So Jackass. Uh, that's my pick for the second. Solid. Round. Damn, that's a good yeah. pick. Oh snap! That's the whistle, which means it's halftime. Your jig was a little too fast for your chill. It was. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the lounge with Dylan. What you got with us? In the lounge? In the lounge. In the lounge. In the lounge. Well, uh, I've got, I, I guess, you know, a little information. We talked about the Sopranos a bit earlier, right? Sopranos ushered in an area of premium cable content domination. For one of the first times, people had a serialized TV show that focused on developing character arcs over the course of multiple seasons. Characters in the Sopranos kept changing. The world around them kept changing. This influenced how television developed. So next we get shows like The Wire and Six Feet Under, right? And these serious dramas. Again, they're kind of like water cooler moments, I guess, for people who have HBO, right? Um, other premium cable channels, they got in on the action with like shows such as Dexter and Weeds, both of which were fantastic, right? Um, until kind of later seasons. Fast forward and premium cable content 
it's sort of like the dominant form of media consumption today, right? We've got Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus, HBO, sort of Hulu. Um, I like actually their original movies, although I would not call it like on the same level as, for instance, I don't know, Westworld. Um, but, um, and there's, there's others as well. And they're competing for people's attention whilst providing expensive, mostly high quality content. Look at shows we have today. Game of Thrones. I've already mentioned Westworld, The Mandalorian. These are all shows larger than life, character driven, uh, that we tune in for every week. And The Sopranos started it all. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Like, do you have some favorite shows from this type of media consumption content? What do you think? Well, type of shows, I mean, we have a lot that's left to be picked. Oh, that's my true. gosh. But that's true. I can at least comment on, like, the HBO. This is their time. This is their decade to shine. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're pulling in with titles that still get people to subscribe to HBO Max. Because in my research for this episode, I was like, ooh, I want to watch some episodes tonight. HBO Max is still getting me to this day over a decade later <laughs> from when some of these shows aired. So, Well, and this is like, especially when you're talking about HBO and some of the premium services back then, what they're doing is what you're seeing just now start to like come back and to be much more of the forefront, which is like thinking of series in the same level you think of about movies. Yes. Exactly. You know, in terms of like putting in the best writers you can possibly put in, not, not just like having filler episodes, but every episode is building a larger narrative and it's, there's no, it's like, Oh yeah, there's another episode on this week. No, it's like, oh no, that build that builds on what happened the previous week, and it's gonna keep on going the next week. And it's like mm-hmm. they're massive, massive, massive productions. Like think about like a series like The Boys that's going on now. Like oh, that's yeah. like an a that's an A star cast, you know, like off of a comic book series or anything going on, on Disney Plus right now with like you know Falcon and Willing Soldier or anything mm-hmm. like that. Those are all like larger narratives that are being developed and yeah that's what happens with hbo in the early 2000s that they're putting in the time money and energy that you would put on like a massive movie budget for a show the cinematography yeah yeah, all that stuff high production bring it on yeah absolutely so hbo kind of heralded all that soprano started it and here we are right that's where we're living in thank you hbo i appreciate you (laughs) (laughs) and hbo oh my gosh if we're talking about a flashback to that PlayStation 1, you had all these formative young moments where you're noticing people you're attracted to, all these women on the <laughs> video games. Man, because my family's big into like movies, TV shows, really, really into that kind of stuff. So my sister and my dad, my sister's older, they'd be watching some HBO stuff. Not going to lie, I'd be like <laughs> walking through the room and like stopping. Oh. It'd be awkward, but man, there were some shows that were like, oh, wow, they're showing full, like, top chest nudity all that kind of stuff i was gonna say full nudity but i don't think hbo went that far but now it's almost like pornography (laughs) yeah it's crazy game of thrones as a young person it was definitely really awkward walking in the room but also interesting (laughs) i remember that yeah when you could get like hbo and it would be kind of fuzzy right (laughs) because we didn't have hbo but it would be fuzzy so you could kind of see what's happening whoa (laughs) (laughs) yeah man went a long way between hexagonal chess (laughs) hbo now you can pay for an hbo max (laughs) subscription and see all them titties (laughs) digits nice yeah premium tv on the rise it's better now fuck movies they need to make more superhero stuff into tv shows Mm -hmm. dude hey hashtag snyder cut hashtag give Zack snyder a uh tv show yeah snyder verse 
as a as an HBO series, seven episodes a season, do it. It'd be nice. All right, that's it. It's third round. Do you want to recap? Sure. Go for it. All right. So I started out with The Sopranos. Then I went to Jackass. Dustin's got Arrested Development. Damn you. And The Office. Ben's got Survivor and Chappelle's show. Uh, Matt's got Lost and Friday Night Lights. Damn. These are great draft lists. Damn. Round three. Dylan, you're up. Uh, So I might get some flack for this. I don't know how many of you are fans of this show. Uh, but I, I love it. <laughs> I'm picking the Gilmore girls for round three, <laughs> dude. Gilmore girls is so good. It's witty. It's got drama. Um, <laughs> and, and you just like love watching these people's lives like sleep, um, uh, not sleepy hollow, uh, stars hollow. It feels like a lived in new England town. Like I want to go live there. Everyone knows each other. You know, you've got the town square, but it's not like the shitty town square where I went to college. It's like <laughs> nice town square. Um, and you get to see what I think is really cool is Lorelai. She had a kid really young. So you get to see her and her kid Rory kind of grow up together in a way. Lorelai is, um, I think she's like 30 something, early 30s when the show starts. But like, that's a young parent. And, and Rory is like 16. When the show starts. So you see these two go together. And the dialogue is so incredibly intelligent. Um, Totally female focused without tokenizing women. Um, And I don't know. I just. I love every aspect of this show. Um, And the constant struggle of watching Lorelai and Luke. Kind of flirt. And just know that they're into each other. But not admitting it throughout the whole show is really cool and fun to watch and just frustrating because it's like, just get together, just have sex, just (laughs) come on, you know? Uh, But no, they're going to, they're going to tease you for that one until the very end. Right. They're going to. Yeah. So Gilmore girls, I have to pick it. If I don't like, I'm not going with my heart. It's my arrested development and you're, you got to go with your heart. Yeah. I got to go with my heart on it. Uh, And also it is like one of the top shows of the two thousands, arguably like by viewership. Gilmore Girls was huge. It was so huge that they it was one of those shows they get did a revival for. Although mm. the final the la, the new season that they came out with like a year ago, not that good. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, like all the old seasons are great. So go watch Gilmore Girls. You you won't be disappointed. It's a great show. Here is unfortunate for you, I didn't watch a lot of that show. Or I didn't even see a full episode. But I will say the reason why I reacted how I did was that my sister watched that show a lot. And I will say, I did this a lot. We only had two TVs in the house. And my dad got a lot of like weird film recommendations from his students sometimes. Sometimes I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I go into the other room. And I had to watch something. I was like, I'm not going to read. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Reading what? Uh, so I did sit down for some Gilmore Girl episodes and did feel myself getting pulled in. And yes. No, no. <laughs> yes, it pulls you in. The dialogue is so quick. I don't even know how they do it. Like, I don't know who's right. Like, the writers, amazing. I think it's a husband and wife team. Hmm. Like, the wife and husband do the show together. Um, but That's uh, interesting. Yeah. They, they've made some great characters in the show. I mean, it feels it feels legit. So, Gilmore Girls. Dope. Nice. All right. And that means it's over to me. It is. All right. So, I got two comedies. And while I do gravitate towards... Comedy shows, I'm going to go a little bit more serious. We did just talk about HBO and all that kind of stuff. I'm going with The Wire, which, similar to The Sopranos, is one of those shows that is commonly 
Critically acclaimed as one of the best dramas of all time. It got tons of praise throughout its five seasons. The writer, interestingly enough, before writing that show, worked as a journalist in Baltimore for a while and got to really understand many different facets of policing, reporting, crime, like low-income communities, like structural inequities. The show is really well-written. It's got a cult following. It's got a young Michael B. Jordan. It's got great dialogue, and it's even got some comedy in it. Like, you'll be watching it. There's this one scene I remember specifically. Oh, man, it cracked me up at the time. There's, like, this young guy in the gang, really young kid. He, like, is trying to impress, right? Kind of like when you're new on the job and you're like, yes, sir, yes, you know, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. So the meeting gets done. They're all having this meeting, and he comes up, and I think it's like he already took the minutes or he's asking to take minutes for the meeting, and they're, like, looking at him like, you fucking dumbass. We're like a legal crime. Why would you record <laughs> meetings from, why would you write this shit down? No, this is all secretive. Like, what are you doing? So they did have some comedy built into the show. If you talk to people who have watched it, like it's just like Dylan saying with the Sopranos, like if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's got suspense. It's got like keeping you on the edge of the seat. We talked about water cooler shows. We just mentioned it. Like what's going to happen. Things that, all of a sudden surprised you like, you know, Game of Thrones in this decade or you're talking about loss, all those other shows. Definitely one of those things that kept people viewing every single time there was a new episode drew people in. So I think with Sopranos up the board and I would even say a lot of people do put those two together as like the wire competes with the Sopranos. It's not a silver medalist to that. Like they are just as good. I'd say with those two off, like I don't really know dramas that can beat them. I'm sorry, but I really don't know a drama in this decade that's that can facts. compete. I heard, I heard an interesting uh, story. So Idris Elba was on an episode of Hot Ones not too long ago, maybe in like the last season or so, but that he was, he was uh, Sean Evans was asking him about that because that's one of like, I'm pretty sure that's like Idris Elba's like first role was on The Wire. And they're t- he was talking about the story about him getting casting, uh, casted. And initially Idris Elba was, was, you know, auditioning for the role, but his like agent's like, all right, you, you, you know, you have to really like not use your British accent at all. Like mm. you got to go in full in character, like for Baltimore. Yeah. Like act like you're American whatnot. So he gets past, like, I think like the first round of auditions, he comes back and the, the producers are like, we don't think you're really right for the main role, but we have another role for you in mind. And then, like, I guess one of the producers was Irish and he's like, he could kind of see through a little bit of what he was doing. Like, <laughs> he's like, like, where are you from? And like, I just, I was like, kind of at a crossroads like do i tell them the truth or do i like just lie and say like i'm actually from like brooklyn because his whole thing was like i'm an actor from brooklyn and i'm american all this stuff he's like he just breaks down he's like all right man i'm, I'm actually from from london wow yeah <laughs> wow but yeah. just like a crazy story but. i mean that's wow. a huge star too i, I totally forgot yeah. about that for a moment i mean yeah once again hbo like thinking about that as well for television like Making them more like movies includes the cinematography, includes the writing, and includes the actors. Trying to pull in talented acting is going to just propel those dramas. Absolutely. Good show. Good show. Nice work, friend. Damn. Your team's hard to beat. I'm like, can I even beat it? Is it even worth trying? Got no choice but to try. Survivor, I think that's the best, like... Reality TV show, Chappelle show, best sketch comedy. Damn, where do I even go? Like you said, there's not really a drama that's going to beat The Wire or Soprano, so it's not even worth going for. I don't know anything about Gilmore Girls outside of what you told us. It's okay. Hmm. 
I didn't expect anyone here to know much about it. <laughs> Matt, you're so all over the place because you <laughs> like so many different things. I'm like, would you like? Fuck you. Fuck it. I don't care what you like. <laughs> <laughs> Go with your heart. I am. I'm going with Scrubs. Nice. nice. That's on my list. That's Dude. a great show. One of my favorite comedies. Scrubs. It's so re. It's rewatchability is right there. Fuck, uh, what's the one with Ted? How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fuck that show. That no, I ain't watching none of that bullshit. Scrubs, I will watch anytime, anywhere. First season, last season, it's all good. The character development is great. It is funny, but it's yep. also serious. Like, they introduce characters like Brennan. First off, Brennan Fraser. He's so slept on. He is an American treasure. Underrated. We need to bring that man back. <laughs> but his episode is an episode where I challenge you to watch and not tear up at the end. Oh, gosh. Because it's so fucked. You're like, wait, what? Oh, my God. They just six sensed me. Oh, my God. Holy shit. <laughs> or the episode where the old lady, she's been in the hospital and she's been struggling, but she's finally about to get out. And she's going to go. And then the one kid who didn't wash his hands, wash your freaking hands, kids, <laughs> touches her. And then she gets all sick. And then in the next episode, it's like, oh, no, she got sick and she's dying. And you're like, what? Oh, my God. Or in like JD, Ooh. like his older brother, Dan. Yes. You know? Oh, man. The story with his dad. And then he has a... Uh, John Ritter playing his dad, so then John Ritter dies in real life, and then his dad dies in the show, and it's like, what is this writing? What's happening? <laughs> well, and the whole thing, like, the complicated, like, the reluctant mentorship between, like, Dr. Cox and JD throughout yes. that whole series. But, yes. like, but Cox has, like, such a complicated backstory in his own right because he's, like, a perfectionist, constantly beating himself up, never gives himself a break. And then I love, uh, God, what's... Cox and Kelso. Cox and Kelso are hilarious, but what's the, uh, I'm forgetting her name... She's like JD's love interest for kind of like on and off. Elliot. Elliot, yeah. But I love that does she start that website like I hate cox.com. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The show's so great. Like, it is a good show. The musical episode is oh, great. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. yep, Grey's Anatomy did an episode yeah. like that. I yeah, challenge so. you to do an to to find an episode of Scrubs that doesn't hold up. Like they're all great. Even how you know how you Y'all have said, like, The Office doesn't age well. Scrubs. Scrubs doesn't feel like that. And it is one of those, like, old. it's modeled after an older comedy with some episodes with the laugh track. Yeah. And so, man, I I just felt like it was there. I may not get a win for it, but Scrubs. Dude, I, that's I a, love that dude, show. That's such a good pick. Like, JD an and Turk, pick. friendship goals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Friendship goals. Vanilla Bear. <laughs> Mocha Bear. Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> They all have fucking sco- like Vespa scooters, uh, dude. The janitor, <laughs> the janitor, the janitor has some of the funniest scenes. There's an episode where he's talking about how he used to be like a high level sprinter, a high level hurdler, and they throw they show a flashback of him and he's hurdling. But right before the race, he's like smoking a cigarette, throws it, runs <laughs> yeah. the hurdles, and then he gets done. And someone brings him over, smokes, and he starts smoking again. It's like what the fuck? Or I love like the meta. He gives he like he's like. Yeah, I was in um, what what with Harrison Ford, the Fugitive. He's like, yes, I was in the Fugitive, he and then he really was in the Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> JD sees it and he's like, what? <laughs> and that show also brings up something that I ask a lot of people, including you viewers. Like that show, they they had stuffed an- like stuffed animals, stuffed pets. A question oh, that yeah. I come back to all the time: mm-hmm. How do people feel about skinning their pets? 
Yeah, Dustin's looking at me all crazy like, wait, what? Yep, okay, well, this is a question for another audience because <laughs> we're going to quickly move on from this. Can I just say one thing with yeah. the janitor? Knife wrench. Remember yeah. that shit? <laughs> or uh, Holy fuck. The, air, the air guitar band that he's got going on. Oh, yeah. Classic. The Classic. Or the episode where he's trying to get double or nothing. And the whole episode, <laughs> he's trying to hit the cotton swab into the jar. And he ends up being, he's way the fuck down with Cox. And he's like, double or nothing? Boom! And finally yeah. hits it. It's like, I'm out. <laughs> We're even. <laughs> yes. That's a good, show. a good show. That's also on my list. Also, that was going to be the next pick. I am like... Fantastic. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to see if I could sneak that in the fourth, actually. I thought you'd take it if I didn't take it. So I there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool beans. Matt, it's off to you. Okay, um, so that was going to be my my definite like sitcom-y type of show that I was going to take. Um, so now looking back on my list here, I think I'm going to go with a actually a reality show in its own right, but also one that I really enjoyed outside of Survivor, and that's The Amazing Race. I love The Amazing Race. It was such a fun show, especially when you have like, the teams that would compete with one another, and you'd have like a father, son, two brothers, two sisters, a mom and a son, a mom and her sister, or whatever, like parents, siblings, cousins, uncles, you name it. Everybody competed in the amazing race. And it was just fun. They drop literally anybody in the BFE and they say, Hey, you gotta you gotta it's really funny because they put like two Americans out in like Bangladesh or something, like, hey, you gotta find your way through this market get to the airport, fly to Germany, get from like Berlin to England in one night and you got across the finish line and there are guys there at the end with your prize. Like it, very competitive show. You had a rooting interest. Um, one of my favorite reality shows and just a classic 2000 staple. So nice. Wow. My mom show. loves that show. Such a good show. Mm. Nice. Yeah, Marjorie likes that show too. They're always wanting to like... Same thing that you were saying with the Survivor. Like, could I win this? They're always saying that with the. Oh yeah, race. everybody's done that. Like, you watch that with your my parents and I. We watch it all the time. You'd be like, "You want to go on the Amazing Race?" <laughs> Dude, my mom has asked me that too. You and Anisha should apply. I was like, I've never even seen that show. <laughs> you should do it. You guys could do it's it. It's competitive. It's good. Let's all apply, and then maybe they'll put all of us couples on. <laughs> oh yeah, Dude. that would be cool. That would be pretty dope. All right. Anyways, that is the end of the third round. Great job, everybody. Dustin, it's your turn, boss. All right. So here's a question I have for you all. Looking at the shows of the 2000s, what do you think the television shows say about the decade as a whole? People wanted to see themselves in the TV they were watching. Mm. And the decade, the decade provided more outlets for people to see their versions of themselves. So, Go like, on. so in the '90s, you had so much, like, you had a lot more sitcommy stuff, mm -hmm. and you still have that in the 2000s. But like, the birth of reality TV, just like reality itself, mm -hmm. gives people that sense of like, oh, these people that I'm watching are a lot more like me. Um, like, sure, reality start, like, reality TV starts off in the '90s. But it really picks up in the 2000s. Like, think about, like, Paris Hilton and mm. uh, Nicole Ricci's show yeah. Simple Life, right? Sure, it's, like, these privileged girls who are out doing things that the average American supposedly does. And you, as a viewer, may not relate to those privileged ladies, mm -hmm. but you relate to the average people who are doing their daily shit, 
right? Um, I think you get a lot more of that just like, I mean, Chappelle show, you get to see more representation in your television. You get to see a lot more representation across different like content platforms, a lot more serious, like mafia, like taking a deeper look at a mafia character. And Italian American stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's, you see a lot more. That's good. Yeah. Also like an interesting trend too, that I think is now being, especially now is being more explored is like. Prior to the 2000s, you don't have a whole lot of representation in terms of age range when it comes to people in like either their late teens or early 20s. I feel like that's the start of a lot of shows where you have scrubs where it's all young doctors trying to figure their way out, right? Like you Mm -hmm. have, uh, you know, some older teenagers and like Drake and Josh and things like that. How I Met Your Mother comes about in this time period. People in the office are kind of young-ish. That's more common now, but that wasn't really the case. It was either that you had sitcoms like Boy Meets World, they're all young kids, or you had like older, full adults. Like you see it a little bit, I guess, in Friends in the '90s, but the, I feel like the 2000s is broadening out. Like, all right, let's let's draw yeah. in more younger audiences to like regular TV. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of what made me think about it a little bit because my brother-in-law was talking about Seinfeld and what that talks about. Like, what does that show about the '90s? And I guess what's one interesting thing is like none of the characters really financially struggle in the show, even though New York is notoriously expensive. They do talk a little bit about jobs, losing jobs and like finding apartments. Well, George didn't like have a job for a while. Yeah. He was unemployed and he did move back in with his parents, but they never, they don't frame it in a way that I think other shows might try and reach a younger audience that, I mean, now in the two thousands, I feel like you're seeing that rise and we still are seeing that rise of student debt. Like Mm -hmm. now you got younger viewers who are like, yeah, Moving back in with my family or struggling financially, trying to find money for rent, that is way more common. That's a show I'd like to see is like somebody lean into the whole like the college kid leaves college, immediately moves back with his parents. Yeah. Like that Dude, that should be yes. a show. That is like an emotion. That is a really weird emotional space. I would watch that. Yeah. Show. Dude, of like somebody trying to figure out, trying to date while like yeah. living at your parents' house. Because it's like, not like terrible. Like it's not like you hate your parents, but it's just so weird because you have that moment when you're 18 where you're like, F yeah, like I'm, I'm an independent. I'm buying my own stuff. Like, and then it's like a revert where you're like, I'm back in this space I once knew and I'm an adult now. I still feel like I'm kind of telling my parents when I'm going to be home, but yet, like, what? That's like this the is millennial so experience, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's weird that that didn't really become, I guess, sort of broad, broad church, right? No, broad city. Broad city, yes. Yeah, broad city, sort of, but they're kind of living on their own, so. I mean, like, or yeah, like something but, like workaholics, like, but they're still yeah. able to, like, live all together. They're just guys who never really grew up, but yeah, it's like you almost want to take that a step further be like, all right. What happens when you're broke and you can't afford to live with your buddies? See, they uh-huh. they have that show. It's just not in a comedy. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Atlanta is. Yeah, Atlanta oh, is that's that show. Point. That's a good point. So we yeah. do get that. Oh like, yeah, we yeah, end up enough. building yeah. to that yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Oh yeah, but moving specifically, like moving back in, back in home because. Donald Glover in Atlanta lives in the like storage unit for a bit with That's his cousin. True. He lives everywhere, but, but back at home. Yeah, but like his parents, like yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Atlanta is a great show. We're definitely building. Like we see a lot more of that in the 2010s. I think for me, when I'm looking at the 2000 shows, what is pretty interesting, just thinking about the decade as a whole. Like I mentioned, Arrested Development talking about the Iraq War, but the decade kind of like shifts a bit. I don't know. Like we start off right, we're going right into 9/11. At W, and then we're going to end with Obama, the economic recession, 
And then like in that decade too, like YouTube's kind of coming up. So like by the end of the decade, a lot more shows are going to be like, especially comedy, like YouTube started stars starting their own shows. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting question. And I liked all y'all answers. Well, thanks friend. <laughs> thanks friend. We have one more round to get through. Thank you for those contributions and for leading us through it. Matt, you ready to wrap it up for your team? Yep. Round four. Okay, so with the fourth round, I'm really juggling between like three shows. So I'm definitely going to have some honorable mentions at the end. Hmm. Where do I want to go with this? Because I've gone with like the sci-fi, with the lost. It's got a little bit dramatic element. I've kind of gone with like the wholesome, like the family type of show with Friday Night Lights, Amazing Race of Reality show. So I could either go with like a more of a sitcom-y, but I'm also thinking there's one show that was on HBO that was actually a limited series, which was amazing. And I think I'm going to go with that route, so I'm going to go Band of Brothers. Oh, nice. Such a nice. good show. I forgot about that show. Oh, yeah. my God. That's like one of the best like HBO productions ever. Ever. The acting is top-notch. It's a Spielberg production. Mm. Like, yep. yeah, it's a limited run. I think it's only like 10 episodes, yep. I want to say. Yep. Mm-hmm. But man, did they do that beautifully. Yeah. I mean, interweaving the stories of the actual veterans in which the actors are portraying in that series. Yeah, like Major Dick Winters. They're mm-hmm. actually having him interviewing and talking about jumping out of the planes on D-Day to yeah. land in Normandy in the pitch black. And they got renew reunite with 101st Easy Company and tracking their trajectory starting in France, going through the Rhine. Yep. They're at the Battle of the Bulge. You got... These are real stories that they're portraying, yeah. and the acting is out of this world good. You got um, Damian Lewis. I think that's his name, right? Damian Lewis. He's in Homeland now. The guy, he plays Dick Winters in that in Band of Brothers. But mm. nevertheless, he's fantastic. Um, blinking on the guy, the guy's name. He's in uh, Office Space. Ron Livingston, I think. <laughs> he's phenomenal <laughs> in that, too. So Everybody in that show, top to bottom, is just phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal. And you really gain such an appreciation and love for all the characters. And then you realize like, oh my God, those are like real people. And they they intertwine all their stories about guys getting injured or wounded or getting shipped home and coming back. Um, They really portray like World War II through like a really like personal lens. It's not just like battles and these things happen, but like these are real human beings who have backstories, who are complicated, who get promoted, demoted, uh, wounded, you name it. one of my, you can watch that anytime. I can watch that like a million times yeah. and still find new mm-hmm. things and love it even more than the previous time. So um, for a fourth round pick, I think it's a little hidden gem. Yeah, definitely. Round. I totally forgot about that good. one. And like for that genre, the best ones really look at the interesting like historical moments because they have that last episode when like the war is done and they're still stationed mm. in, you know, <laughs> Europe waiting to go home, which is like, a you know, we end. It's like, woo, the war is over. Yeah. But that was a really interesting take. And obviously just going mm-hmm. full circle with that story, you know, like the um, second episode when they raid that like gun installment mm-hmm. and they're talking about like West Point still uses it as like a training, like what happened. Wow. Yeah. They're looking at a lot, a lot of historical nuance. It's like for that show was made for people who are into that genre. Yeah. Like they did not water anything down or like the, I mean, just the impactful when they, they liberate, I think they liberate Dachau. Yeah, they and go it's to just one like of the camps. Yeah, striking because yeah. they're telling them like you can't give them food because it's going to kill them. It's going to kill yeah. them. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. you see like 
the actors like really embody that moment. Like the, mm-hmm. the one soldier who's like, he's Jewish himself and he's being like an interpreter because mm. he speaks German is like him breaking down yeah. and trying to like experience that moment. Like, Fuck, I need to go watch yeah, that again. That's yeah. such a good series. Yeah, or how they're struggling through the Battle of the Bulge. and Yeah, winter. the winter. Or at the end, like, when they're in the eagle's nest and they do get their next assignment, it's not to go home. It's to reroute to the Pacific yeah. because that's still happening. Dick yeah. Winters, he signs up. Which He's is, willing to go yeah, woo, to the Pacific, which, which is, is painful. Fucking crazy because the yeah. Pacific was like a different ball. Or, uh, well, that's uh, like another series that they end up doing. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, uh, there's a... One of the sergeants in there, uh, his name's like Buck, and you they they do a good job of portraying like the actual human effects of what happens when you're wounded. You just he was there, but he really wasn't there. Mm. And they even talk about that in the series, like Buck. You know, he returned home and he did all this, but you know everything just wasn't the same for him. So good series, yeah, great series. I totally forgot about that. That's good pick, good nice, pick. fantastic, very good pick. Which means the ball is back in my court, and I'm going to take a risk with this pick. Probably going to isolate some of you. You're going to think, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good pick, but not good enough for me to vote for. But I'm going to try and sell you on it. I'm picking The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. That is the 2000s. Sure, he takes over in the very, very, very late 90s, and he carries over into 2010s, but it is Jon Stewart during the Bush administration that you think of, like, The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Like, those two... He's the he, goat. He changed the way like a whole generation of people consumed news media. And he approached it from that satirical lens. Political satire. Yeah. Man. The king. Absolutely he, the king. He this shit blew my mind. Okay. How much do you think he increased Comedy Central's uh like viewing? Like percentage wise? In like in yes, percentage wise in his time slot, like in prime time for Comedy so we, Central. I'm going to say he probably contributed at least like a 70% bump. Okay. 90. I'll go 80. 400% Woo! increase wow. for Comedy Central. Before John, wow. before John Stewart came on to Comedy Central for The Daily Show, Comedy Central was baby. And he took them up Dude. just like boom he made them into like a contender in yeah. the network off satirical news he put people like stephen colbert and uh steve carell like mm-hmm. on john the map. oliver yeah yeah <sighs> dude Man. i know it's not a show that you can go back and watch and get like character development it's com- it's a completely different type of animal it's very timely but that's one of those that's one of the things about the 2000s and i think when i was looking at my list that's what i started to notice is a lot of my stuff is really like, like I honorable mention to uh, to MythBusters. Yes, but that's another one. It's like you're not going to serialize that. You're not looking for like anything with characters. You're looking for like the content they're presenting and what they did for like the medium as a whole. So your pick with like Seinfeld and what it does for television, yeah. like John Stewart has a similar ripple ripple effect. Yep. And you get that in a bigger way, like today, like you said, John Oliver mm-hmm. gets to totally branch off that. What Trevor Noah is it. Trevor Noah took what John Stewart did and turned it up. He turned well, the dial Samantha up. Samantha B. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Larry, blanking on his last name. Oh, Larry, because uh, he had his own show. He had his own oh. show for a while. Larry Wilmore. Larry, yeah, Larry yep. Wilmore. Like everybody who was on the associated with the Daily Show got yep. opportunities. Samantha B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm more silent over here because, y'all, this is why this is an interesting experience. Because if you're going to make a list, making lists now seems so easy. You just rank the stuff. Just put it on. 
you might think, oh, gee, should that be six or that should be seven? The draft is so difficult. I'm looking at my list. I'm like, I don't think I misstepped. But dang, Ben, you know, stole two. Two, two, two. I definitely. You had the Daily Show on your list? Yeah, but I, I hesitated because I was expecting y'all to shut me down hard. I won't lie. I literally ran it through my head. I was like, they're going to be assholes about this. Well, I was waiting. I was. But, that's why I approached it the way I did. Like, if you want to shut me down. But no, I mean, I agree. Like, he does go afterwards. John Stewart's on the show like 99 till like 2014 or I guess something like that. Yeah. So part of me in my head was like, yeah, I would count it as a 2000 show because a majority of his time on the show was in the 2000s. So like for some of the shows, that was kind of like a quick way for me to be like, what decade does it belong to? If I couldn't look at it by saying the most critical time. So like sometimes it'd just be easy. 10 is more than like five, right? Yeah. So yeah, I would count it as 2000s. I'm not saying anything because I agree with everything you're saying. I'm like, dang, that's a good pick. Well, Fantastic yeah, that pick. makes me feel like maybe I'm in contention because I'm looking at everyone else's teams and I feel like, oh, did I make a misstep with the types of teams that no, I picked? No, no, no. Because everyone has like such like show shows. Like the rewatchability of a lot of what, I guess you can rewatch Survivor. A lot of people I know mm. do it. Chappelle's show, Scrubs. Daily Show is really the only one that's re- that it's so timely. It's yeah. so timely. But like, I remember living yeah. like through the 2000s. Oh, yeah. I remember being in high school and watching Jon Stewart and like actually like comparing what he was saying to what we're being told in our classes. And it's like, whoa, this is such a different way mm-hmm. to consume mm-hmm. like how the world is actually functioning. Yeah. And he had people on his show that made me actually think like, whoa, like there's actually like he had Ralph Nader on an episode and it was like, whoa, this isn't this. This guy is not only influential to history, but the platform that he is using to try and get across what he's trying to pitch for the presidential election is like really impactful since mm-hmm. major networks aren't giving him that space. But John Stewart gives him that space in a way that like people do now with like Joe Rogan bringing on um, uh, who's the Hawaiian senator who ran for president. Uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Bringing yeah. on Tulsi Gal- Gabbard and like Bernie Sanders when he wasn't brought on like CNN and all of the like the mainstream, mm. you know, like John Stewart was doing that shit like first. Yeah. But he was also bringing in mainstream people. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and he on, was bringing in people across the aisle. Exactly. He would talk to Bill O'Reilly yeah. a bunch. That's true. They had the yeah. big debate that one time. John Stewart. That's true. Yeah. In and this type of comedy is one of the major sources that people get their political news, which by itself says quite a lot for this type of comedy. Because I don't think of that as like a negative. I'm just like, wow, so many people are engage in the political process and in politics that never would be because of how funny, accessible, relatable, like, yeah, it's a fantastic show. I grew up definitely with my mom. That would be staying up late. Like, and then when he was on in the 2010s, that's when I got really hooked in the show because I was busy so much with homework in high school. Like my high school was always giving out homework. So I'd be up late anyways. And it'd always be like every night, John Stewart with the daily show. Yeah. He had that 10 o'clock slot. Just clutch. Yes. Rockin'. Okay, that is my pick. Dustin, your last pick. All right. Well, I'm kind of going between two different shows. They're very different. I honestly don't know what the reception is going to be in the room. I'm looking at my team a little bit and trying to think about what would be the most different than what I already have. So I'm going to try and go with what would be most different. It is a comedy, but it's a different type of comedy. It's Curb Your Enthusiasm, which has a huge cult following. It's Larry David. 
which what I would suggest to you all is if you like George Costanza's character in Seinfeld, you'll love this show because George Costanza is based on Larry David. It's following some really absurd Larry David like shenanigans. Like it gets pretty outrageous. It gets weirder <laughs> than Seinfeld and there's no way, laugh track. Yes, way weirder. But it's got such a cult following and there are some moments that are pretty ridiculously funny. I think a lot of those shows, especially for like a fourth rounder where like the comedy, what I appreciate about comedies that push it that far is I always think like you're not going to always be 100% successful when you're pushing it so far and so extreme. Like there are going to be moments where you're like, Oh, Whoa. But then there are going to be moments where you're like, I had no clue that that was coming. And I'll remember that scene for a long time. Like there was one moment, this scene sticks with me and I'm like, (laughs) only he could pull this off. Like they hired this, like, um, they're in this restaurant, right? They're opening up this restaurant. It's got one of those open kitchens. So you can see the chef cooking and all that stuff. They're about to, they have all this money put in all this capital. They're ready to go. They have their chef. And then all of a sudden they realize their chef has Tourette. So he's like yelling out these curse <laughs> words, just like fuck shit. Da, da, rah. And it's like, Whoa, there's gonna be an open kitchen. Like in the openings <laughs> tomorrow, we don't have any other backup chef. And they're like freaking out. And then Larry David looks at his wrists and he sees numbers. And you know, Larry David, like, Jewish comedian, he's like, we can't fire him. He's a survivor, like all this kind of stuff. So like, what's going to happen? They're just going with it. And they have this flashback moment. First, you realize he's not a survivor. He just wrote numbers on his hand because it was a lotto number. But they're already stuck. (laughs) It's like the opening scene. It's in the middle of this fancy as fuck restaurant. Everyone's got their black tie, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sure enough, the chef starts just cursing up a storm. And in his moment of solidarity, Larry David, and they like work it in beautifully to this flashback from earlier in the episode. He's just like, Oh, this is my time to be a hero. So he just starts cursing up a storm too. So now it's like both things going. And then you have all the like staff members trying to pick up on it. Like we're going to back up this chef and we're going to distract from this uncomfort silence. And everyone's just like cursing super loud. It's ridiculous. Larry David, I don't know what's going on in that guy's mind, but he comes Dude. up with some weird shit. The, the king of the cringe. There's an episode with the Palestinian restaurant across from the Israeli restaurant. Mm, yeah. And that shit, like, that was wild that yeah. he even went there with that. Yeah. There was, like, Ben Stiller comes in an episode, and, oh, man, that's a great cameo from him. Like, <laughs> you should definitely watch those uh, episodes with Ben Stiller in them. Yeah. Somehow Larry David, like... He must do this in real life because he manages to accidentally piss everyone off. Yes. <laughs> I just imagine that's his real life. He just pisses everyone off. And, uh, oh, man, Curb is so funny. Yeah, for sure. All right. It's well, your turn, Dylan. Last pick. All right. Close this out. So I'm bringing up a sleeper. So, you know, I'm not going to go over my list right now. I'll wait. But I'm bringing in a sleeper this round. Uh, I'm going for my favorite show ever. Like, Ever. Uh, oh shit! He's going Firefly. I am. I'm going Ben New. Ben New. What show? Uh, okay, it's called Firefly. It's a space western. Let me sell you on it. If you've ever heard of Cowboy Bebop, which is like one of the best, most renowned animes ever, it's like that, but it's the it's it's live action, mm. right? So here's kind of like a synopsis: um, a group of bounty hunters, a revered sex worker, a priest and a fugitive doctor and his highly and uniquely gifted sister make their way through space in a Firefly class vessel, which is kind of like a scrappy little thing, um, called Serenity, trying to make ends meet, smuggling, usually. 
Um, while fleeing from the oppressive government of the Alliance, uh, it's definitely that got that Western feel, right? You got that group, that dynamic group in space uh, shows huge wealth gaps. Like you've got, it's really cool because that's when they go to planets, you see like some planets are super rich and advanced. Some planets don't have anything. They've got like wood shacks for houses and they ride horses, right? This is the future. Earth is all used up. It's gone, but like, where's the amenities? Like, there's a whole episode that's a train heist. The main characters are trying to steal this something from a train, right? And make money because they need money to survive because they're always on the brink of failure. And then later in the episode, they realize like, shit, this this town that we're working with, like that we know, they will. Those people in that town are sick from a mining operation. They will die without that medicine. And so they, they have to make a hard choice between like, well, do we make money or like, do we just try to survive and like give them what they need? Right. Um, it's a absolutely wild show. The character development is off the charts. Super fun. There's only one season of it. Oh, wow. There's only mm-hmm. one season. Nathan a, Fillion, right? And, uh, Nathan Fillion. Yep. <laughs> uh, one season and a movie, I should say. And uh, the movie kind of like brings closure to everything. People are always talking about a, a uh, you know, bringing it back, but I don't think it will. Joss Whedon is kind of out the door now as a as a kind of creative. Yeah, you know, maybe not a great guy. <laughs> not a great guy, right? And so I don't think I want to support more work from him. But man, Firefly, I own that. I I can't stop watching that because it's so damn good. I, I always hear that that's like associated with like a cult hit. It is. Yeah, you know? it's it, it was such a short run. Yeah, but it's one of those classic examples of Fox canceling a show by like putting it in the wrong time slot. It happened mm. to other shows that were good too, like Method and Red. What was it? Like Method and Red. Method and Red, or Better Off Ted. That's another classic example. And uh, so, yeah, Firefly. I would recommend y'all like give it a watch. Like out of all the shows on my list, that is my favorite. That's like the heart and soul. It's so good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Matt, Matt pulled me in with Nathan Fillion because obviously you know why Big Mouth reference is like, oh, Nathan Fillion? Oh. <laughs> Dude, and that's what they're referencing. Yeah. He's now like, I'm like, I'm in guard. now. Yeah. I'm in now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. You Nathan will, Fillion. Oh, yeah. You'll watch that shit from start to finish. Guaranteed. Check nice. it out. Firefly. Final pick. That's nice. going to wrap it up. Oh, snap. It's time to make the cases. Matt, we always go to you to start the make your case because you're yep. always fourth pick. But it is what it is. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. What crown? <laughs> you don't have that many points. The crown of the fourth pick. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. You ready? <laughs> go for it. All right. So recap my team. I have Lost. I got Friday Night Lights, The Amazing Race, and Band of Brothers. To start off Lost, this was definitely one of the most like infuriatingly satisfying shows of the decade. It was one that got you talking because whether it was a really good episode or one that just left your head spinning. This was one that people talked about and it's still very much part of TV history and TV legacy. Uh, and shout out to JJ Abrams. I mean, so much character depth, so much intrigue and mystery and sci-fi-ness and just time travel, everything. It's got everything. Friday night lights, just another good, actually coming of age show that portrays kind of the struggles of living in a small town of high schoolers who everything doesn't go perfectly and also what happens when you reach your peak at high school and what happens afterwards when you don't go anywhere, when you don't leave that town 
uh, the, the same people are there over and over and over again, whether you're in school or out of school. Um, a lot of like reliving the glory days, but also struggles of like, I need to get out of this town kind of thing. So really good show. Um, Amazing Race, another reality TV classic. Everybody loves Amazing Race. You rooted for the the brothers or the father and the son or the mother and the son, the mother-daughter, the, you know, the brother and the sister, like so much competitiveness and the whole concept of dropping people around the world and they have to figure their way out. They got to communicate with people who might not speak the language, you name it. Uh, the Amazing Race is having. And then Band of Brothers, such a great premium series. Talk about historical storytelling that's so emotionally impactful and, and everything. So, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, there so, you yeah. go. Good job, sir. Thank you. All right, shake it off. Here we go. My team is comprised of Survivor, Chappelle's Show, Scrubs, and The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. I went with Survivor because I thought that was the best reality show of the decade. And even today, I mean, it still carries on, but it still has that 2000s flavor. It doesn't have a consistent cast of characters, but the way they, I guess, get people to come on the show brings viewers in every season. From the beginning with Richard, who is naked all the time, up through Colby in Australia, Ethan in Africa, all the way to the Galapagos, K Islands, Bob. They go everywhere exotic that you want to see. People compete in physical challenges and kind of starve, but not really. But then also play fantasy football, but without football, fantasy money game. It's the best game. It's the best. It's fun. You can watch it for five seasons, take 10 seasons off, go watch another five seasons. It's, it's magical. Chappelle Show, best sketch cat comedy, period. Better than SNL, better than In Living Color, better than Keemp. It's better than all of them. They're, everyone else tries to do what Chappelle does. And sure, they may not be directly trying to copy him, but he he is the blueprint. Scrubs, classic comedy, rewatchability, 10 out of 10. Characters, 10 out of 10. Character development, 10 out of 10. The wrap-up on the show, get rid of that last season that went to a different net- network. Fuck that. End it with Elliot... JD, perfect. And then Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Nice. Yeah, I won't talk shit about anyone because I don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) You ready, Dustin? Yep. All right. I have Arrested Development, the best comedy of the decade. Fantastic. Firing off on all cylinders, weaving multiple storylines together, lovable characters, unique characters. You name or seen characters like that. They're very, very funny. They fit together like puzzle pieces. Uh, then I got The Office, which is a classic. It is very, very popular, streaming, all that kind of stuff. Its peak comes in the 2000s to find a lot of the, or set the trends for a lot of mockumentary comedies that don't got that laugh track. Uh, great actors in it. Got Dwight Schrute, great character. Very, very unique. Then I have The Wire, which is arguably the best drama of the decade as well. Fantastic, showing all these different kinds of facets of the city of Baltimore, showing very, very layered characters. Got some comedy woven into it, even though it is dark, heavy, very, very realistic. Um, And then I have Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is a cult pick. Very, very uh, classic. It's absurd. It's outrageous. It's Larry David doing what Larry David does best, which is really shocking you, really surprising you. Yes, you might look at the team and think that there's a lot of comedy done here, but I think this was a golden decade for a lot of really comedic shows. Fantastic. And out of the dramas, got to have at least one of them in there. We talked about it already. HBO, man, this was their time to shine. They did it. They had so much good programming. The Wire, the best. 
Man, shout out to Malcolm in the Middle. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Malcolm in the Middle. Absolutely. Damn, that's a good show. That should have. Eh, I won't that, say that should have been, but it, that could have been, been my picked. fourth. I didn't even think about it until yeah, just dude, now. I totally classic forgot. show. I was classic like, Fuck. show. There's there's a lot of good shows. Like we could honestly break it up and do like. 2000s comedies, yep. sitcoms, 2000 sitcoms, yep. 2000 dramas. Because I mean, there's so much that got left out. There's so many good shows. Got y'all listeners, we're learning as we go along, mm-hmm. just like you. So you know what it is. Dylan, you ready? Yep. Okay, so I've got the actual best drama of the 2000s, The Sopranos. <laughs> this show just like kickstarted premium cable content, um, and and it, that focused in on character-driven arcs, um, and then. Popularize that medium. Jackass, the reality comedy show that we didn't know we wanted, we probably shouldn't have had, but who doesn't love to watch people hurt themselves on purpose? <laughs> like, in a way that's like, you know, not that they're not going to kill themselves, right? Uh, I mean, wow. <laughs> just, I'll never forget uh, the shopping carts again. Just like ramming the, each other in shopping carts. Jeez. Uh, okay. Gilmore girls. All right. I see. I see some Snickers out there secretly, but you know, you know, you love the Gilmore girls. You know, you love that witty dialogue. You know, when you catch someone watching it, you're going to watch the whole episode because you just get pulled into the pop culture references that are happening every other sentence. And the like constant exploration of Lori, uh, Lorelai and Rory. And then Firefly, it's that cult classic hit from the 2000s that got canceled and then got a movie in theaters. Yeah, it's the Space Western. Y'all have to check it out if you haven't. Um, I understand if you haven't because it is a cult classic, but man, what a show with lots of heart. Everyone's got great stuff. I'm not going to talk shit. Nice. Nice. Well, that means we need to vote. to read them votes open up the box boxy box cue the music first vote oh Oh, shit i gotta vote okay cool second vote oh man what the fuck that's more than i already expected to get number three Oh, he takes it. Ben just what? Dude, yeah. he got the W. I really dumb. didn't expect it. Well, last vote was for Dylan. Yeah. And I actually did this. Hold on. No, listen, because <laughs> I took your advice when I voted. So let me go first, and then I'll go with everyone else. Because I thought about what you said, how you were thinking, man, y'all guys talk about what loses a team for you. So, or what loses it for you. So this time, I looked at it as what's winning it for me. Okay, so... Matt lost it for me because one, <laughs> I've never watched The Amazing Race. Friday Night Lights, I only watched the movie, never saw the show. Lost wasn't ever big into the show. Band of Brothers was like your one thing. I was like, the, that was one for me or one for you, right? Dylan and Dustin, you were so tough to choose between. Arrested Development, like, yes, yes. Curb Your Enthusiasm, yes. The Office, Fuck, there's a reason why I didn't pick it. I know. And I kicked it down. And The Wire, I've never seen, so I won't judge it. So you have two. I've never seen The Sopranos. And since I haven't seen it with The Wire, those two kind of cancel each other out. Gilmore Girls, 
I actually have seen a few episodes, <laughs> yes! and it's not bad, which is the only reason it edges out The Office, because I really would rather do Gilmore Girls than The Office. Firefly, Cowboy Bebop Space Western, you've just scratched my itch. <laughs> and Jackass, that is my childhood. I remember seeing Jackass, the first movie, in theaters with my mom and best friend, and we went into the fifth row, and the guy behind us started throwing up all over the place because he was super <laughs> fucking wasted. He was just like, Jackass! Yeah! <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, this is so cool. And my mom was like, we're moving. And she moved us into the back of the theater. But you said Jackass, and I didn't even ever, like, think, holy shit, like, that is 2000s. But Jackass was so good. I love Jackass. So, yeah, Dylan, that was why you edged out my vote. Super close between Dylan and Dustin. Sorry, Matt, I love you, but... No worries. No worries. All right, y'all fuckers start. Yeah. Well, uh, so... (laughs) I'm fucking tired. Let's go. Thanks for the vote. Uh, It was between Dustin and Ben. No offense, Matt. Matt, you had Band of Brothers and Lost. Like, that's great. I I love those shows. Dustin, um, for me... It was Arrested Development and Curb Your Enthusiasm. The Office is one of those shows I like watched and I enjoyed, but I'm good. You know what I mean? A lot of people will rewatch it, not me. I'm not. I'm okay. The Wire, I need to watch that. That's what I'll have to say. Yeah, about I do that. too. Uh, ben, I didn't watch Survivor. I I think the the competition element over of it always turned me off, but that's because I'm not competitive. Um, but I, you sold me on it. I love Chappelle's show. That was like integral to me growing up. Scrubs, again, I watched it every day. And Daily Show, also watched that every day all with the Colbert Report injunction. So uh, I don't know. Like when you put those together, Ben won it for me. Yeah, similarly, I, I approach it to like if I was to like close my eyes and think about like what are the shows of the 2000s, I think Survivor, Chappelle's show, Scrubs, and The Daily Show encapsulates that decade perfectly. Like I like if you were to just ask some people randomly, like what are some 2000 shows that pop out out to you? You definitely would get at least three out of the four. Um, so that's kind of the way I approached it. Again, everybody else had great jobs. I've, I've seen probably like 90% of all these shows. There's definitely ones I need to brush up on. But again, when I was just thinking about what are the shows of the 2000s, the cosmic wizard King kind of embodied that. So kudos. Well, Ben, you just heard it two times, so I'm not going to repeat anything. <laughs> you had good shows. I liked them. You had a lot of picks that I was going to go with. And I could tell. I was like, the whole time we were talking about your team having contention, I was like, get out of here, man. Because I could tell early people were vibing with your shows. And I could tell early that I'm like, clearly I have some different tastes here at the table because n- did not watch Survivor, did not watch Lost, did not watch Jackass. Wait, but, you hey, never watched Survivor? No, I have, but I just wasn't into reality TV show like at all when I was younger. Like it, I was a weird yeah. kid. I watched History Channel a lot when it's, I was really young. Yeah. And like I did not do Survivor. Like what I'm saying is I didn't do Friday Night Lights. Hitler channel, you mean. <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Yeah, they always Black had, and white Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when it was like real documentaries, yeah. not like the fucking ice road truckers. Yeah, I could it was one of those like vibes the whole time I had where I was like, This I'm not the it's not the crowd. Cause I was looking at my team and I was like in the beginning, I knew the office would probably lose people. And I was like, you know what? Okay. But I was looking after three rounds and I was like, did not misstep. But if, but Pretty if, happy with that too. but if we're being 100% honest, like this is going to go to people listening. Yeah. And this is no question you're going to win. I don't know. Like, no, I, mean, I, I really, like, I, I'm genuinely, there's been drafts where I've won unanimous and it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, 
I expected to win. This was not one where I even expected to get one vote, being honest. Just being honest. Yeah. This was not a team I ever thought I was going to put together. Like, the John Stewart was a total last-minute pickup. Chappelle show was the only one that I was definitely like, I need to yeah. get that. And because of where our picks were laid, I knew if I didn't take it second, you would have taken it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought The Daily Show might kill me. But I know online The Daily Show is going to kill me. Like, my sister's not going to vote for me. I love The Daily Show. I think I do, too. Pick. I do, too. No. But I just, I'm just saying, like, y'all have so many, like, more show shows, things that people can go and watch right now. I, I do think, like, people are going to go. Know you're yeah. sa- I know exactly how you feel. Because I had I that mean, earlier where I didn't get a vote at all in national parks, and you're just like, fuck I didn't get a vote at all either in it's national like, parks. God damn it. I win the categories I have no investment in. <laughs> That's, I mean, but you hey, do. Yeah, I Every honestly time. do. The ones yeah. that I'm like, I don't know. I don't really care. My team was okay, but mm-hmm. I don't feel strongly about it. I'll be like, oh, okay. But hey, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. That is why we say to vote, because the hard yeah. thing here is that we have four people total, mm-hmm. which means two votes is going to at least get you a tie. I can tell right away, like with both of your picks, I was like, we had different TV watching at least slightly enough, right? Like I've never seen your last one, Dylan. I only watched Firefly. a little bit of Firefly. I only watched a little bit of Gilmore Girls. Um, what was your second? Oh, Jackass. Once again, like I knew it was out there. I've seen parts of it, but I was not really into that type of comedy, but I could tell the table was vibing. Like, literally vibing. Like, I was going to share a story about my dad teaching during those days when he had students because he does film production. So they film stuff. So they wanted to do that shit. Yes, exactly. That's hilarious. And the whole time I was like, oh, I got this story. And then it was like, y'all were like, boom, 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 which is fine. But I was like, ooh, yeah, my, like, because there's just four of us, right? Like, the ideal voting would be as many of you out there as possible Mm -hmm. voting. Yes. Because that tells us a little bit more right now. I mean, I know what you like. I know what you like, I know what you like, and y'all know what I like. Like, Seinfeld, for the 90s shows, y'all knew. And when like, you pick Curb Your Enthusiasm, I was like, oh, 2000 Seinfeld. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah. premium Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, like, super hurt about it. I was just like, oh, yeah, Ben, I don't know why you're hating on your team. I was like, people were vibing. So, to get us team. more votes, what you need to do is go and leave us five-star review if you want more people to hear this podcast and have us keep making this podcast as well, right? It helps us. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so give us a five star review and also vote, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's imperative that you vote. If you vote, you get entered in a drawing to win free money. Like, what's Ooh-hoo. better than that? Just oh, win free. some free money just for voting. You can find us on all of the social media platforms. You know how to do it at Instagram for at Mount Draftmore, Facebook Mount Draftmore Podcast, and on Twitter at Draftmore. Yeah, and we're on YouTube. You can look up Woo-hoo. Mount Draftmore on YouTube, and you can watch videos, or you can listen to old archived episodes. It's all there. So please go somewhere to listen where all your podcasts are found. Let us know through the votes, through all of our social medias, who you thought won. Enter yourself in to win a drawing, and that'll do it. Thanks for listening to Mount Draftmore. We will see you here again next time. Later. Until then, be safe. <laughs>